Good morning, friends. <clears throat> it's Dick Blackwell again with uh, going through the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. We're in chapter 7 this morning. <clears throat> and it's a little difficult chapter to communicate, so I hope I can do it justice. He takes the main theme from Hosea 11, verse 8 where the Lord says, My heart recalls within me. An unusual verse, but we'll look at uh, the contacts and thoughts about it. Um, one of our problems as men and women, human beings, we don't really feel the true weight of our sin. Uh, we're on good terms with ourselves, Dane says. We always put up a good case for ourselves. There's only one way to know that we're sinners, and that is to have some dim, glimmering conception of God. And to be honest, the deeper we go in the Lord, the more clearly our sins are. In other words, we don't feel the weight of our sins because of sin. <laughs> um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, a great preacher in England um, in the last century, <clears throat> suggests that we can see this only, our sin rather, we can only see it in the as we compare it with the beauty and holiness of God. More light, clearer the sin. In uh, Romans 5.20, it says, Where sin increased, grace abound the more. The guilt and shame of those in Christ is ever outstripped, though, by his grace. Uh, in all these chapters, we've been speaking of God's grace and the way it's drawn out always to match abundantly the need for it. Let me say that again. I thought that was a great sentence. <clears throat> uh, God's grace and the way it's drawn out matches abundantly the need for it. The grace of God comes to us no more and no less than in Jesus Christ. Um, in the biblical gospel, we are not given a thing a thing, grace, we're given a person, person grace, Jesus. Um, we're confronted with a viral aspect of who Jesus is, <clears throat> a biblical aspect that the Puritans love to reflect on. When we sin, the very heart of Christ is drawn out to us. Uh, so we would sin a lot, so we, heart, his heart would be drawn. Of course not. Uh, if Christ is perfectly holy, must he not necessarily withdraw from sin? Now that's a good question. <clears throat> um, but uh, he says we we must bear in mind all all crucial distinction between those not in Christ and those in Christ. For those who do not belong to him, 
sin evokes wrath. Uh, but to those who do belong to him, sin uh, evokes holy longing, holy love, holy tenderness. Um, he goes on to say that Christ takes part with you and is so far from being provoked against you as his anger is turned to your sin, not you. Um, his pity is increased the more towards you, even as the heart of the father is to a child that has some loathsome disease. He'd be totally against the disease, but for the child. Now all miseries, that is sin being the greatest, and while you look at such, Christ will look upon it as such also. He loving your persons and hating your sin. And you know, that's the way we do with our kids. They do things wrong. We still love them, but we hate what they did. If you are part of Christ's own body, your sin evoked his deepest heart, his compassion and pity. Uh, he is on your side. Remember that. He is on your side. He sides with you against your sin, not against you because of your sin. He hates sin, but he loves you. Um, talking about that disease again. The father would hate the disease, but love the child, he points out. Um, and in the pain and misery of the disease, he loves the child seemingly even more. Um, and then he, uh, this is where we're getting to uh, he, Hosea 11. <clears throat> It's interesting he would take this from the Old Testament. But Hosea 11, beginning at verse 7, says, My people will actually, um, let me read that. He didn't include it, but I want you to read it. <clears throat> verse 7, it says, My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, uh, he shall not raise them up at all but then he says how can I give you up O Ephraim how can I hand you over O Israel my heart recalls within me my compassion grows warm and tender I will not execute my burning anger I will not again destroy Ephraim for I am God not a man the Holy One in your midst, I will not come with wrath. In previous verses, he he said, you know, they, they he did all these things, but they walked away from him. And he said, I led them with cords of kindness and with bands of love. Uh, but, it, but basically he says, how can I give you up? I can't give you up. And that's his heart towards us. He just can't give us up because we're his. We joined in him. It is in consideration of his people's sin that God's heart goes out to them in compassion. Um, 
even though they were bent on turning away from him. Here's the thing. Uh, what happens on the inside of God? We must, be, he says, Dane says, we must tread carefully here. God is God and is not at the mercy of passing emotions in the way that we we creatures are. Um, but what does the text say? We are given a rare glimpse into the very center of who God is. And we see and feel the deeply affectional uh, uh, within him being God. His heart is inflamed with pity and compassion for his people. He simply cannot give them up. Nothing can cause him to abandon them. They are his. What father would bring himself to put up for adoption his beloved son? Just because his son messed up big time. The text says his compassion grows warm and tender in light of his people's sin. He said, I'm God, not a man. Isn't that wonderful? The Holy One in your midst, I will not come with wrath. We tend to think that because he's God and not force, the fact that he's holy renders it all the more certain that he will visit wrath upon his people. But the fact is he's holy and renders all the more certain that he will, will not visit wrath on his own people. Once more, we're corrected. We're brought out from our natural ways of creating God in our own image. That is, that is a real problem. And, and even though we know there's a tendency to recreate God the way we are. So the sins of those who belong to God open the floodgates of his heart of compassion for us. It is not our loveliness that wins his love. It's our unloveliness, according to Dane. Interesting thoughts. Ponder these today. He just can't give you up. Um, though you mess up, you sin, you, uh, you know, we don't wholeheartedly follow him. <clears throat> at times we do, but at times we, we just seem to drift away. But he won't let us go. He's on your side. He will always draw his love to you. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Have a great day. Bye.